It's 4 o'clock and time for the Calvary Live Show, taking your calls and questions about life, the Bible, and living in Jesus. The number to call is 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to today's edition of Calvary Live. My name is Ed Taylor. I'm the pastor here at Calvary Chapel in Aurora, Colorado, serving for almost 18 years in our community here. Welcome to the show. Taking your calls and questions both on the phone and on our dedicated text line. To join us on the air is 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000, or to text a question in uh, that we will use for filler if we need to. The dedicated texting line is 720-336-0897. And then you can text me at 720-336-0897. That's a dedicated line for texting. So give me a call. 303-690-3000. 720-336-0897. Welcome to everyone listening up and down the front range of Colorado. You're listening live. And welcome to everyone listening uh, down or up, I should say, in the northeast, uh, on the eastern coast, uh, through the Hope FM radio network. We're glad that you're a part of our family. We consider you family. Uh, you could say that Hope FM and Grace FM are sister stations in a very real way. Because the overseer of Hope FM, Pastor Bill Lupkeman, uh, is kind of like uh, our father of radio, if you will. And I'm not exaggerating or trying to make a joke. He truly helped bring radio to Colorado. And his expertise, his uh, persistence, his he even flew out here for a week and did an assessment of our station. Uh, and he is a pastor there at Calvary Chapel in Marlton. And we are here at Calvary Chapel in Aurora. And so welcome everyone on Hope FM. Uh, we're glad that you're here. But remember on Hope FM, you listen one week delayed. You can still call in <clears throat> while we're taking calls, but you're a d- delayed a week. Uh, but you'll, if you call in, you'll be on the air live in Colorado, and then you'll hear it again the following week. And that's how it works. 303 thousand and all lines are open we were in bible study last night yes i did not get to see game seven of the world series and yes i know my team lost the dodgers first time in the world series for 29 years and they blow it in the seventh game and and so i was at church serving and teaching I wasn't listening to it in my ear. I wasn't watching it on my pulpit. Uh, we were worshiping together. We prayed together. We wrote some notes to missionaries uh, that we support last night. We also took communion together, and we started a brand new book of the Bible, Second Kings verse chapter 1. I didn't get to finish it because the Lord kind of took us in a new direction uh, last night. If you have never started a book of the Bible, then listen to the study last night. Start with us. But I felt compelled at the end of our Bible study to make this observation uh, in the life of Elijah. Uh, The way chapter 1 opens up is Ahaziah takes over for his dad Ahab after he dies. He's the king. 
Uh, he doesn't go to war when Moab comes against him. He stays home. At home, he's not safe uh, because a person that's an idolater is never safe. He falls uh, through the lattice and is probably in his rooftop patio of some sort. He gets severely injured. He sends for help, wanting to find out if he's going to make it or not. And Elijah is given a word, tell him he's going to die. Well, then he gets that word and sends 51 people to go get Elijah. They die. They send another 51 people. Elijah calls fire down from heaven. They die. A third set of 51 people is sent. And this time, the the captain of that group comes very humbly, says, hey, look, don't kill us. Please just come back to the king. God says, go back to the king. And Elijah shares the same exact word. That's a summary of chapter one. Uh, of course, we uh, we sent we we developed that in um, in a Bible study, of course. But here's the thing that just so remarkable to me: it was just one little line in my notes that the message didn't change. Elijah's message didn't change, whether he was sending it to by someone or he was delivering it himself face-to-face with the king, the message didn't change. And it just spoke to my heart in these last days. And, and I, I exhorted our church, and I exhorted uh, those listening on the radio. And, and now, now I get to exhort and encourage you, look, the message doesn't change. The methods have to change. They have to change in delivering the message. But the, method, the message cannot change. The gospel is eternal. So we can't shy away from sin. We can't shy away from the blood of Jesus Christ. We can't shy away from repentance. We can't shy away from the sovereignty of God, the power of God, the the need for you to humble your... We can't shy away from the... Just because people don't like it doesn't mean we change the message. But the delivery, I mean, we've got to change how we deliver it. We've got to speak in today's language. We've got to contextualize the truths of the scripture into the culture that we're in. We have to be missionaries to our culture uh, I mean, people are from South Korea, China are coming to the United States as missionaries, and here we are. We were born, raised, and blessed here. We're missionaries to this culture, and the culture is changing around us, obviously, uh, and technology is changing, literally changing people's minds and how they think and how they live life. And so if you're interested in something like that, listen to the study last night. Uh, that's how we ended, and I felt that God really used it in a powerful way. 303-690-3000. We've got people online, so let's just jump to the phone lines. Brent calling from Boulder, Colorado. Brent, welcome to the program. Hi, thanks, uh, Pastor Ed, for taking my call. Yes. Hey, um, so I was doing my Bible study this morning, and I came across uh, Matthew 16, uh, 28. Okay. And, I mean, I, I'm having a hard time wrapping my mind around kind of being able to understand this. I didn't know if you could just maybe elaborate or give some commentary on that. Um, I can. I read, I read a few different commentaries, and, and it got some different perspectives, like such as the transfiguration, which comes up right after that. Um, okay. So anyway, I just want to get your thoughts on that first so I can maybe understand a little better. Okay, one of the this is one of those places in the Bible where if you remove the chapter breaks and the verses, it'll help a lot. Because, you know, oh, okay. the original documents didn't have chapter breaks and didn't have uh, the verses. They were added, you know, hundreds, 1500, in the 1500s, I think. So so in verse 28, Jesus is speaking, and we know who he's speaking to. He's speaking to his disciples, because we learn that in, in uh, verse 24. Uh, and he says in verse 28, Assuredly, I say to you, there are some, 
standing here who will not taste death till they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. And then the very next uh, statement that, that we are told is, Now after six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John and his brother, led them up to a high mountain by themselves, and he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun, his clothes became as white as snow. Moses and Elijah appears to him, and, and we know that as the, it's commonly referred to as the transfiguration. Right. And chapter 17 is the fulfillment of verse 28 of chapter okay. 16. They saw him in his glory. They saw him in his radiance. They saw him in his authority. They, they were able to see him in a glimpse, not, his, not the fullness of his rule and reign, but a glimpse of his kingdom. Uh, and then the added bonus of Moses and Elijah being there talking about uh, his, soon, uh, his death and resurrection that's up, up, up ahead. Uh, and I believe that this appearance in chapter 17, this transfiguration, is the fulfillment of the sum, because it was only Peter, James, and John that got to see it. Right, okay. That's, that's kind of what I thought. I just wanted to call to see if that was if I got the right information. So That was uh, a great, great question. Great. I appreciate you taking my call. Thanks, Brent. God bless you, bro. Yeah, you too. Bye. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000 is the number. Christopher in Parker, Colorado is on the, on the line. Christopher, welcome to the program. Oh, thank you for having me. You're welcome. What's up? Um, so I just recently read your uh, book, Ordinary Servants, and okay. it was very encouraging. I loved it very much. Um, Good. But in the sixth chapter, um, under uh, division and like-mindedness, like-mindedness in the church, and you actually yes. uh, went into this a lot last night. Um, I just had a question. I was wondering if you could go a little more in depth with me. That uh, I I really agree, and I uh, enjoy um, you know the emphasis on love and you know patience and finding a church that you're in like-mindedness with. That's why I actually go to Calvary Aurora. I went through yes. a long process, but um, I was just wondering. Um, as far as uh, where do we kind of like draw the line, or uh, you know, how can we kind of get to a place of unity? You know, because I I know that you want to, um, I believe, uh, maybe teach or kind of um, with a Methodist church or something like that, and kind of. So I, I imagine you have a similar heart in the matter, and uh, how can we kind of get in like mindedness, but also kind of not draw a division. Where's the secondary, um, trying to think how to wear this, but like, where do we get past, you know, small little um, differences in, as far as interpretation of doctrine? Because I feel like the church, especially in today's age, we should really try to unify more as with other doctor, other churches and become stronger as a, a family that believes in Christ. Uh, it's a good question. Let's talk a little bit about it and see if we can't draw out uh, some of the some of the concepts here. You know, the when you when you when you tie in last night and and some of the things I mentioned at the end of the study last night, uh, the the reality behind the or the context behind that particular uh, encouragement exhortation is is the idea of you you know not being not being in in your starting in your own local church if. If things are bothering you and 
you're just all upset and worship is interf- your your worship of God is being disrupted because you know you don't like this and you don't like that and you don't like go find a church that you do like because mm-hmm. that is so fruitless to the kingdom of God because we we've grown up in this and and been discipled in this narcissistic what do you have for me and you know the church down the street has better coffee than you and the church over here has better donuts than you and and I'm like well you know if if that's your really if that's really the issue in your heart then go to the church with free donuts like we uh, I I don't want to I don't want to come across as harsh but but it has to be said if that's what's important to you then go get them we're we're not going to give you free donuts to keep you we don't we don't need uh-huh. you um, to be a church, like we want, we want God to draw people. We want God to lead people. We want God to bring people that resonate with our church. And and if they don't resonate, we're not going to take it personal. Um, find a place where you do like because there's a diversity of churches because there's a diversity of people, uh, mm-hmm. and there's different worship styles. There's different emphases, and because I think God has allowed that, uh, you know, because in the first century. You, if you were in the city of Corinth, you had one church. That's it. You didn't have two choices. You didn't have three choices. Uh, there was one church in Corinth, and it was messed up. Um, and so Paul had to give that kind of direction to say, hey, guys, this is how, this is how you live your life. This is how you live it out uh, when it comes to the things of the Spirit. So that's one thing. Number two, my thought on that is, Relationship um, in in coming together with other church families, relationship is everything. So we don't we don't unify for the sake of unity. We we come to unity because we already have it in Christ. Does that make sense? Yes. So so for example, the church across the street from us, uh, they are they are very liberal doctrinally. They are what's considered a, an affirming church. And they have women pastor priests. We cannot yoke together with that because yeah. th- that is doctrinally forbidden by the scriptures. So we we it doesn't you know I I mean I think they're I'm using an extreme example, but it, it is an example in and of itself because um, because they they are far on the other side. So doctrinally, we have very big issues. That if we just open the Bible and let a six-year-old read it, the six-year-old would come to the conclusion, "Man, that's not right. The Bible doesn't. The Bible says that's sin. Why would you approve of that? I mean, that's how clear the Bible is on those things." Um, but that's not to say that if there's a church out there that has a woman pastor on it, that we disagree because you know a couple Pentecostal churches would allow that. That we might disagree on that level. That I couldn't yoke together with them and just encourage them. Um, it would be hard. I wouldn't let a woman teach in the pulpit, um, but I would love them. I love them as a brother. I love them as a sister. I love them uh, in what they believe God's called them to do. Uh, I believe they're going to be in heaven with us, but in practice, in practice, it would be very difficult to affirm uh, and to agree with that kind of behavior, um, but it's secondary. It's really a secondary issue, uh, and and so we have to i have to have a relationship with the pastor and the leadership in order to expose our congregation to that particular ministry ah uh, makes a lot of sense 
here's another picture that I use to help people understand. Uh, you know, the pulpit is the place where God's word is proclaimed, right? Yes. So in in the pulpit, I treat it this way. Do you have children? I do not. Okay, so you have any cousins that you know, maybe nieces, nephews yeah. that you love a lot? I'm very. Okay, so, uh, I'm. I would know a lot about children. <laughs> Okay, so c- consider those kids that consider those kids that you love, and let's say mom and dad left them with you for a month, and you had an important meeting to go to. Would you trust just anyone to watch your kids? No. There's no way. We don't just go no. to Craigslist and find a babysitter. Like we we the people that would be able to watch my kids, I would have to have a strong relationship with them, a relationship of trust and fidelity. Uh, and and someone that I know and and all of those things and that's how the pulpit is, you know the pulpits the pulpit would be uh, only the people I know would I trust with the church family that I'm going to have have to answer to God to uh, for and and so we can have a lot of friendships I have a lot of friends a lot of pastor friends that are in different denominations and they 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 do things differently than I do and I learn a lot from them. It does, you know, if we don't emphasize everything we disagree on, we're going to find that we agree on a lot of stuff. Oh, and yeah, that's where and I want to stay. Uh, as far as doctrinal, um, can, what's an example of something that, uh, maybe another example of something that's a little different, but like, where do we kind of draw the line as far as, does it go back to the Word of God as far as what's not okay and what is okay as far as, differences in doctrine? Yeah, I think, I think that uh, we, we kind of fall back on what's known as, I guess we could call historic Christian doctrine, you know, things that are essential, and things like the character and nature of God, the deity of Jesus Christ, salvation by grace alone through faith alone, um, mm. the, the reality of the finality of the Word of God as the settled uh, context of where we derive doctrine from and not tradition. Um, you know, we we have some essentials. For example, in your house, um, some essentials in your house would be, uh, you know, you can come in if you have a key. Um, you can come in if I invite you in. Uh, you can eat my food if I allow you in. You know, like how would you feel if I if you invited me in, into your house uh, and you let me in through the door, but then I walked right up to your bedroom. Uh, I took off my clothes and laid in your bed and took a nap. How would you feel about that? Um, it would be hard to um, let that in, but I guess I, you know, would go to the scriptures. If well, we wouldn't asked, agree. That would, I guess, would be different. But well, it wouldn't be. Yeah, easy. we wouldn't. Ag- we we wouldn't agree because <laughs> I think I think your house belongs to me, and you know your house belongs <laughs> to you. So we can never agree on that. That that that's an essential. The essential is your house belongs to you. And if I walk into your kitchen, open up your refrigerator, and drink milk from the carton, we just will never agree on that. You, you yeah. I, I doubt. I mean, you you might be you might offer me some pleasantries. You might be gracious to me. You might um, dance around the awkwardness, but we still disagree because that's your milk, and I'm disrespecting you, and I I don't agree with you. But the reality is, is that's your house, and so I play by your rules. And so when it comes to when it comes to doctrine and the things of God, we're in God's house, and we have to play by His rules. Uh, Does that make sense? Yeah. Yes, it makes plenty of sense. 
but it's something that we have to be very careful with because you know we 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 aren't just going to shut people out i think it's wrong for us to be arrogantly shutting people out instead of seeking to understand where they're coming from acknowledging our disagreements uh, and still being friends because i see a trend lately especially among younger people where they're having a hard time learning how to agree to disagree and they think that disagreement yeah. means they just need to destroy you and take you out and that's not the heart of the lord yeah that snowflake mentality i guess is what they're putting the word on that nowadays yes yeah makes a lot so that's of what i would do okay awesome well, thank you very much. That You're welcome. Great question. Summed it up really well. Oh, I appreciate that. All right, bro. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Later. 303 Baltimore. We have Chrissy calling in from Baltimore, Maryland. Chrissy, welcome to the program. Oh, sorry, Chrissy, you dropped. Let's move right on to Philadelphia. Andre's calling from Philadelphia. Welcome, Andre. Uh-oh, we lost Andre, too. Well, we had our two East Coasters dropped, but that's okay. Open lines, 303-690-3000. Got a text praise report from Trent. He texted in Dana uh, in Oklahoma. Uh, her husband is a pastor there, had a brain hemorrhage three weeks ago. She's still in the ICU, but doing very well. Got her drain out today, got to wash her hair. A $51,000 care flight bill will be paid for by insurance. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. That's great news. Open lines. Give me a call. 303-690-3000 is the number. This is a question. Uh, It says, is the CSB Bible a good translation? I have never heard of it. I don't know anything about it. Um, I'm sorry. I don't know what it is. Maybe I'll have to look it up a little bit later. 303-690-3000. All right, let's go right back to the phone lines. Chris is calling from Eaton. Chris, welcome to the program. Pastor Ed, how's it going today? Good, man. What's up? Hey, uh, I called in a week or two ago about a new opportunity career opportunity and you prayed with me and God made it happen. I started yesterday. That's fantastic, bro. That was fast. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm very excited and maybe wanted some more prayer from you. How about this? Because the Lord has blessed you, why don't you start with a prayer of thanksgiving and then I'll close it up and then we can all join in, join in with you to be thankful with you. You can do it. I know you can do it. Dear Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for the opportunities that you've presented to me. Um, Keeping me humble in this time of tough times and not forgetting where I came from. And bringing Pastor Ed and all the great people closer to me in this tough time. Um, and just to keep growing close to you. That's right. Um, <clears throat> and, uh, Father, I thank you for my brother who took a big step of faith to pray out loud and to pray openly. I pray. I ask that you would encourage him as you're showing him your faithfulness. 
opening these doors and acting so quickly and 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 blessing him, Lord, in a way that he really needed and he really desired and he really wanted. And and so encourage him, even in this big step of faith, to call back, to pray out loud, to in, invite everyone that's listening on the radio to join with him uh, in Thanksgiving, and also to remind everyone that you're faithful. And your word says to be anxious for nothing, but in all things by prayer and supplication, make our re- uh, with thanksgiving, make our request be made known to God. And so we often forget the thanksgiving part, uh, but we don't. We don't want to lose the thanksgiving part, God. We want to receive. Uh, your word says, too, every good and perfect gift comes from above, from the Father of lights. And so we receive this gift and pray for your faithfulness in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Right on, man. Thanks, bro. Thank you, Pastor. All right, bye-bye. Hey, we're going to pray for this family. Just text in. Uh, There's a major dissension between my aunt and uncle because my aunt is Mormon and my uncle is a new Christian and has been brutally trying to convert her out of Mormonism. She is heartbroken and it's tearing apart their relationship. Uh, So we're going to pray for that, but I'm going to also pray that he doesn't brutally try to convert her. Only God can convert and so as a new Christian, that he'd slow his roll a little bit and, and calm his jets down and love his wife as Christ loved the church. The biggest thing that's going to affect your aunt is the love of your uncle. So, Father, I do pray for this newfound faith and zeal in this man to to want to see his wife delivered from the Mormon cult, uh, from the false teachings of Joseph Smith, uh, from the false understanding of who Jesus really is, uh, to bring... Uh, and see her brought to a saving faith in you. And so I pray for this family. Um, I pray, God, that through the revelation of truth and the clear teaching of your scriptures, um, the elimination of false writings like the Book of Mormon and the Pearl of Great Price, that that you will reveal yourself in a mighty way and that this this man would love his wife, not try to convert her in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Let me get, because we're a little bit short on time, let me um, get get this text, see if I can do it. What is the difference between Calvary Chapels and Baptist Church? I uh, really heard a really great teaching on the other station today. Uh, you know, the, the primary differences between maybe Calvary Chapel uh, and Baptist churches are um, the, the view of the gifts of the Spirit. Uh, many Baptist churches, not all of them, but most, uh, do believe in the cessation, uh, take a cessationist view where they don't believe tongues and prophecy and the interpretation of tongues and such exist today. Um, there's a, The difference of a Baptist church, too, would be how they're overseen. Uh, Baptists generally are a more congregational committee-led churches, where Calvary chapels are more of an independent pastor-led church. Um, many Baptist churches today are Calvinists, uh, and some are even hyper-Calvinists uh, in their teaching, whereas Calvary chapels are neither Calvinists nor Arminians. Uh, we are looking for the happy balance, you know, the, the good balance between the two. Um, and, and, you know, maybe to some degree Calvary chapels being open to the Holy Spirit have a more charismatic background uh, and are less rigid, although... In these last days, I've seen a lot of rigidity enter in uh, to some Calvaries, although I know most of the Calvaries in Colorado, and most of them are beautiful, wonderful churches. I know quite a few Baptist churches, too, that are beautiful and wonderful. But if you want to call in, 
Uh, and I'd love to hear what you heard on 94.7 today. Uh, if you want to call in and talk about it, I'd love to hear your perspective and specifically what your question is. Like, what'd you, what did you hear that I could comment from a Calvary Chapel perspective? 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000 is the number. Taking your calls and your questions are coming up on the break today. We only have one break. It's just a couple minutes. It's a little bit of a, a stretch stretch time, get a little bit of water, and then jump right back into answering your calls and your questions. I think there is a line open. Take it while you can, 303-690-3000. Text me, 720-336-0897. My name is Ed Taylor. I'm the pastor here at Calvary in Aurora, and we will be right back. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Call us with your questions about life, the Bible, and living in Jesus right now at 303-690-3000. Welcome back, everyone, to the second half of today's program. My name is Ed Taylor, pastor of Calvary in Aurora. You're listening to Calvary Live on Grace FM Radio Network as well as the Hope FM Radio Network. Thank you, thank you for your prayers and support. Especially here at Grace FM, we need your support. Um, we are not a major corporation that runs this radio station. We are a church, and we have ongoing bills with Grace FM. Some, sometimes people think uh, because we were able to purchase the station that, that after it's purchased, there are no more bills, but that's not true. Um, there are lots of bills associated with a radio station. So would you please, I just saw one of the bills come through for the light, music licensing. We've got to pay like six or eight music licenses all over the board. Uh, and those aren't cheap. Uh, and at any rate, support us. We'd love, we will use, uh, you know, those guys that, um, well, I won't say it. Other stations uh, do these big bagathons and they actually raise way more money than they spend. And then they just expand their radio network and that's their business model. But but we're not. That's not how we are. And neither are we a large corporation that's publicly owned and has funding coming through in many stations around the country. Uh, we're just a church that has been blessed with a station. It's a non-commercial station, by the way, that's just dedicated to worship in the Word. So if you want to support ongoing, just go to our website, gracefm.com. There's a donate button. You can set up something that does monthly. And, and if you... You know, you give, and you'll see when it sets up, it goes through our church. So you're giving to our church uh, to su help support the radio. But that ongoing gift uh, will go toward, um, you know, keeping the lights on and software and licenses and on and on and on. Gracefm.com. 303-690-3000. Where are we? Shannon, line number three in Aurora, Colorado. Shannon, welcome to the program. Hi, Pastor Ed. How are you? Good. I'm, I'm, I'm very good. How are you? I'm great. Thank you. I was just calling in uh, for a quick prayer. Uh, I have an opportunity that might be coming up, and as if choices need to be made, I just want to make sure that I'm making the choice that brings me closer to God. Uh, okay. Sometimes I haven't made those choices always. <laughs> sure. Uh, praying for the knowledge to make the right decision. Okay, let's do that. Him. Father, we lift up our sister Shannon to you, and and you know where she is, God. You even know the track record that she has uh, of some of the mistakes that she's made in the past. And 
And Lord, I just remind you of that passage in the Bible that says, a man plans his ways, but the Lord directs his steps. And that's what I pray into Shannon's life right now, that as she plans and thinks and considers and prays, that through her prayer life, you would direct her steps, uh, that she will, she will be able to take the step of faith that's needed and desired, and that you would meet her right there. And so bless her, Lord, and encourage her. And we look forward to hearing what the message is, what her answer is. That's, um, I look forward to hearing what your answer is in her life. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks, Pastor Ed. Have a wonderful You're afternoon. Thanks. Bye-bye. Thanks. Hey, I got a text question. It's a great, great question. Should I stay away from people who do not know, do not know Jesus? Absolutely not. Do not stay away from people. Uh, who do not know Jesus. They need you because you're the messenger of the love of Jesus. And you know what? You need them. You need them to ask you questions and you need to learn how uh, you know, how to respond to these hard questions and keep you to study. So stick around, unbelievers. I mean, should you go party with them? Should you go drink with them? Obviously not. But we should have many friends in our lives that are uh, not saved so that we might be able to share the love of Jesus. And then the second question, are women able to tell men about Jesus? Yes. A thousand times yes. Yes. 100%. Thanks for your question. 303-690-3000. Let's get back to the phone lines. Dana in Loveland, Colorado. Dana, welcome to the program. Thank you. So I have a question. Um I'm a Christian, been all my life, and um, I obviously believe in Jesus Christ, that he died on the cross to save our sins, but what I don't understand sometimes is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds and stuff, so I guess I don't understand how that is it, I mean, it's sort of an almost, not really a contradiction, but it's confusing, because if you know God, then you just already automatically in or do you have to work your way in i don't understand all that (laughs) well let's start with a simple phrase and and we'll start laying a foundation with just a simple phrase so so when it come when it comes to our relationship with god we are not saved by our works but we are saved for good works so the works come from salvation they don't earn you salvation right for example okay you know let, let's say you worked at 7-eleven uh mm-hmm. you you when, when it comes to a, a relationship with your job you work for wages like you get your wages because you work for them you don't work in order to get the job you work because you already have the job i see okay that makes sense. Does that make sense? So, yeah. so then, so with that in mind, then let's take it back to say, uh, our friend Mary, she's our neighbor. She doesn't have a relationship with God, but she will say to you, but I'm a good person and I do good things. So God must let me in to his heaven because I'm a good person and I do good things. And your answer to her would be, it's good that you do good things, but doing good things isn't going to get you salvation or heaven from God. Because only a faith in in Jesus Christ is going to get you into heaven. 
So, I see. you know, we have... And then oh. I, I have another question that I've always wondered, too. Um, when I was growing up, we lived in Indonesia with a um, vastly Muslim population, and I made little friends, you know, um, along the way. So if they've never known Jesus, then what does God do when they die? I mean, I don't understand how that works either, because they've never had the um, opportunity to get to know Jesus. Well, it's not entirely true that they never had the opportunity to get to know to Jesus. So let's start there. Um, hold that thought for a second, but think of it this think of it this way. There's a scripture in the Bible that says that that anyone standing before before God will be without excuse. There will be no excuse. And so he, here's one of the things to consider what the Bible teaches. While you're correct, those in Indonesia don't have a Western. A mindset of the church life here, and maybe they don't have a radio station or they don't have a church on every corner. Um, but just because they're not they're not from uh, the United States of America doesn't hold them innocent before God. And every human being on the planet, whether they're in Indonesia, in the jungles of Brazil, or here in the United States of America, every single person has been given insight to who God is. Number one, the Bible says that God created us with eternity in our hearts. Uh, he has he, he has created us with something inside of us that tells us and draws us to worship, right? Every culture worships. Why? Right. They worship yeah. something. They worship rocks, trees, some the one true God. But why? Because God put that in them. There's that desire to worship the one true creator, and they just divert it. So consider this. Everyone in the planet has been let, let's let's try to, to draw the picture that everyone in the planet is in darkness and and mm-hmm. doesn't matter where you live and God has given us light the first light that God has given us is the light of creation right everyone on the planet can see creation right yes so they they look at a tree they look at a mountain they look at the grass they look at a uh, fruit and they they come to the conclusion I didn't make this and I can't make this someone outside of me and my mom and dad and everyone around us, there's someone outside of me that did this. Mm-hmm. And and if you see that and you, you think, well, I wonder who that is, then God will then reveal to them another light. And another light that you want to think of in darkness is that every human being, not only do they have creation, but every human being has a conscience. The ability to tell right from wrong. They never opened a Bible in their lives, never talked to a missionary, but they know right from wrong. So, for example, if you have tribe A in the jungles of Brazil and tribe B in the jungles of Brazil, and one night tribe B says, let's go over to tribe A on the other side of the island. Let's kill all the men, uh, but first let's uh, kill the children, um, viciously hurt their wives, and, and then kill the men. And that's what they do. They get up, they go destroy the other village, and just a few people are left alive. Those few people that are left alive, what are they thinking when the tribe goes home? I mean, I kind of, yeah, I mean, it kind of makes sense, but it's just, I, I, what, I still what, go back be, to the... Hold on a minute. I, answer, that, answer that question. Because uh, I'm not done yet. I'm only two-thirds of the way, so that I'm just okay. going to walk you down. What are they thinking? What do you think they're thinking, that tribe that stay? few people stayed alive? What are they thinking? Well, 
I, I'm sure they're scared, they're confused, and they don't know why they were killed. I guess they're angry right. or angry. With, with, why know, why would they, they be angry? Retaliate and go kill. Retaliate. The other very good. Those are all true. I agree with you. Where did they get that from? Because you know they're concluding that what happened was wrong. But if they've right. never read the Bible and they never talked to a missionary, how do they know the difference between right and wrong? Yes, yeah, I, I, I see so, what you're saying. So God has put that into every person, no matter where they are on the planet. There's an innate sense of right and wrong. So let's let's close this up with say, if if you respond correctly to the light of creation and you respond correctly to the light of conscience. Like like if you and I, now, we were in the deep, dark jungle, and we couldn't get our way out. All we have is machetes. So there you and I are with machetes back to back, and we got to cut our way out of this place. So I, we come up with a plan, and we say, okay, Shannon, you go, or, oh, I'm sorry, I think I, let me get your name correctly. Dana, it is Dana. Dana. Okay. <laughs> Okay, I say, okay, Dana, you go that way, and I'll go this way, and let's cut, 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 and that the first sign of light, we'll call each other, and we'll join up together, and we'll cut our way out. So we're cut, 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 and I I hit a pinprick of light, and I cry out, Dana, Dana, I found the light. All we need to do is keep going toward the light, and we'll get out of this jungle. And you cry out to me saying, forget you, Ed, I'm not... I'm not going to do all this work and then have to go all the way to with where you are and cut. I'm going to go my own way. Who's responsible, you or me? Well, I would be. And so think of these yeah. think of these illustrations as describing every human being on the planet. God has given creation to every human being. God has given a conscience to every and if they respond correctly to those, instead of running from the light, they run to the light then God is going to give them the third light, and that's the light of Christ. Right. I don't know how, you know, maybe he's going to send a missionary. Maybe he's going to send a family like you to Indonesia. Uh, maybe like um, like uh, Elizabeth Elliot's husband, Jim Elliot, they would go to the deep, dark jungles and preach the gospel to a cannibalistic uh, culture. But the people that we perceive that don't know, that's really not a true category. They have a lot of information, and their eternal destiny will, will, their response to what they know will dictate the direction of their life. I see. That makes sense. And, yeah. And one more thing, because this is a great question that comes up a lot when we're just talking to people at work and stuff, and that is people will say, you know, I don't believe in your God because what about the pygmies, you know, and, and, and then you kind of give them the whole answer. And then the way you have to end it is, well, you know what? We don't really have any responsibility over the pygmies, but here you are with the full gospel of Jesus Christ. Why do you refuse to believe? Right. I have heard of that discussion before. Yeah. Yeah. So really good questions, Dana. Thank you. Yeah. Well, thank you. Sorry I took all your time. <laughs> no way. It's, I mean, I know that this is a common thing. That's why I wanted to spend some time on it, because there are people listening uh, that have the same question. So thanks. Yeah, no, thank you. Thank you for um, all you do, too. It really helps a lot. Well, thanks for your prayers. God bless you. Yep, God, God bless. Okay, bye-bye. All right, let's move right on to line number two is Benny in Colorado Springs. Benny, welcome to the program. Hello, Pastor. God bless you, sir. I appreciate you very much. Um, I, I, I need a prayer request, and then also um, to pray for my wife and um, and, and my, my kids. Um, I've been saved since I was 15. 
I got baptized. It's been a long, long road um, to uh, my walk with the Lord. Baptized at 27. Um, I'm on fire for the Lord right now. And my kids, my oldest son is 20. Um, and my, my the youngest his daughter is uh, 19. Well, I only have two, rather. But um, um, I showed them their whole lives about the Bible. We've done Bible studies almost to the point where I had a force when they were little. Um, my wife, um, we've been married 22 years. She uh, lost her whole family. She has nobody. She's adamant towards the Lord. Um, I, and I'm at my, I, I'm at, I'm just begging the Lord, please, what can I do? Show me what I can say or just tell her uh, other than than you living in me and showing her the light that's living in me. What can I do to, to, to change her? I, that's my prayer. And, uh, and, and it's not, she don't want nothing to do with the Lord. And, and my kids, she's getting my kids uh, um, thinking the same way. And, um, well, and I, I, when, when I was younger, I did time and, and I did some time in prison. I used to, and, and of course, I cried. Please, dear Lord, let me out so I can show my family and friends about you. Uh, and now that I'm out, He allowed me to get out and stay out and, and, and be a productive citizen. And I'm still not able to to show my wife and kids the Lord in the right in the right way. So I, I, I that's that's my question. What can I do? I, am I doing it wrong? Do I give up? Um, I, I prayed about it, and I asked the Lord, "Do I leave her?" And and and, and He don't no. want me to leave her. Yeah, so, you don't so, leave her. Um, so, so, so it's part of the answer is not going to be so encouraging to you because you can do nothing to convert your wife and kids. There's nothing you can do. Uh, only only God can change and convert a heart and bring about new life into a person. So there's nothing you can do that will convert them. But how, however, it's just just like. Just like your mistakes and just like the things that you've done wrong kind of have hardened them and, and maybe turned them a little bit away from the things of the Lord, a long life lived for Jesus Christ, a life of love and consistency and honesty and humility will go a long way to show your kids that God is real, that he can change a person, um, that that you are different. You're not the guy that was in prison. You're not that guy anymore. You're not that guy that, that made a bunch of mistakes uh, that were sinful and rebellious, but you're a man that loves God and you're living for him now. And you're just going to need to pray for the fruit of the spirit that's long-suffering and patient. And love that family, bro. And don't love them just, how, don't depend on how they respond to love them. Love them unconditionally. And you'll find that your heart will change and that God will use your love in their lives to to, to reveal to them that the decisions that they're making are not beneficial. Uh, they're not good it's for so them. Hard. And it's so hard, Pastor. It's so hard, Pastor. I know. I, I'm a weird man. I don't want to lose my family to the ugly one, man. And I just I try every day, and I I live for the Lord. And it's just it's just so hard because every weekend they go do stuff, and I don't know if they're gonna, you know, it's just so crazy here in the spring. And so, I but, know, yeah, man. Pastor, it's just that rough. whole party I, life. I, just, I mean. You know, you just got to trust that the Lord's going to be gracious with them. You know, you and I, we survived a lot of crazy stuff. Uh, we were stupid and and rebelled against God, and he was gracious with us. And, and now while your family is still making bad decisions, we need to pray that God would be gracious with them, that God would be patient. You know, the Bible says that the long-suffering of God is for salvation. And you know that God, you don't, you don't just think it. You know that God loves your wife, and you know that God loves your kids, and you know it. Because God has shown you his love inside of you. And and so yes, this is strengthening your faith, man. This is making you stronger. But you're right. We're in a crazy world, and 
we got to ask for God to be gracious and merciful to your family. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I appreciate that, Pastor. Thank you so much. Please pray for me and my family, because I, I try hard, sir. Let's and do it right I, now, I'm man. Living, I'm living a good life now. I, the Lord bless good. me every day. Uh, but I, I just can't seem to get my family to, to even think or pray or nothing. And uh, they see me, and they, and they see, and they, I, you know, and they, they're like, they, there he goes to church, and there he comes back, he's going to start being all, you know, because uh, I do come yeah. home under fire for the Lord and happy and singing Good. my songs. But That's right. It's, it's, Keep it up. They, 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 they frown on me. None of my family has nothing to do with me. I'm none of my friends at work. You know, it's, I go through jobs because I, the Lord, I love Him so much, and I just I'm gonna I'm gonna fight to fight forever till I, I till the Lord takes me home. I hope and yeah, but please pray for my family, Pastor. Please, let's pray right now, brother. Yes, sir. Father, I pray for my my brother as he wrestles with um, the difficulty in his family, and uh, it's pretty clear uh, that things are hard, uh, things are difficult, and and that, that he loves them very much. And so I just pray, Father, that as you, um, you know, as you're changing him and molding him, that he would have patience with his family, um, that, that he would uh, trust you with his family, and that he would not be uh, condemned or beat himself up because of his past mistakes, but he'll trust you and hold fast to you. Uh, and, and, and Lord, make him stronger, not weaker, through the difficulties in his family. In Jesus' name, amen. Jesus' name. Thank you, Pastor. God bless you. You have a good evening. Okay, brother. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000 is the number. Uh, Taking your calls and your questions. Uh, Let's see what... Let me see who's next here. I missed the screen here. We're going to go to Mark in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Mark, welcome to the program. How you doing, Pastor Ed? How you doing? I'm great, Mark. How are you, buddy? Good, good. I, I just wanted to say before I ask my question, you know, I listen to you often, and uh, you're just always so caring and patient with people, and, you know, it really inspires me to try and be more caring and patient with people, and uh, I, that's the one thing I just wanted to say when I find myself, you know, kind of losing my cool in certain situations. I always ask myself, you know, what would Pastor Ed do, and I always know that... <laughs> you would always be caring and, and patient with the person, and and I really appreciate that, and it's helped me. But here's my question. I was, I was reading at the end of Corinthians the other night, Corinthians 1, and where, where Paul was saying about the, uh, well, what I think of is the rapture. I hear people say is the rapture, where he talks about, we won't all die, but we'll all be changed in the twinkling of an eye at the sound yes. of the last trumpet. And yes. I... And I, so I was curious about that, and what came into my mind is I started thinking about Revelation 7, and I started thinking about, or I'm sorry, Revelations and the seventh trumpet in Revelations. And I was wondering, and I guess I could have Googled it, but I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet in Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Yeah, I believe that the trumpet in of Thessalonians and the trumpet in uh, Corinthians are different than the one in Revelation. Uh, the the seventh trumpet within the Great Tribulation period is different than the one that's described uh, as in First Thessalonians four. You know about the trump of God and the the twinkling of an eye. Let me give you a couple reasons. One, the trumpet at the rapture is called the trump of God, 
But the seventh trumpet in Revelation is called the trump of an angel. Uh, Secondly, the trumpet at the rapture announces an event that happens in a moment in a twinkling of an eye. But the seventh trumpet in Revelation covers a period of days, according to Revelation chapter 10. Um, Another thing that that, that I see a difference between them is the trumpet at the rapture is one of glory, majesty, and changes taking place that immediately there'll be a whole group of people that will immediately be with the Lord. But the seventh trumpet in Revelation is called the second woe. Uh, and is com- and and is c- the the second trumpet is passed. The third woe is coming. Then the seventh angel sounds the trumpet. So the trumpet in Revelation is a trumpet of woe, where the trumpet of the rapture is a trumpet of glory and and transformation. So I think they're very different. Okay, that that's yeah, that answers my question. I appreciate you taking my call. No problem. And by the way, I'm not always patient, and I'm not I'm I'm not <laughs> always. Um, uh, I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm not always, um, uh, pa- as patient as I would like to be. So God's still working in me just like he's working in you. Well, you're inspiring me to be more patient. So I, you always seem Praise to do a really good job on the air. So God bless you and thank, well, thank you a lot for everything. Okay, bro. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye-bye. All right. Let's go right to Robert in Denver, Colorado. Robert, welcome to the program. Hey, Pastor Ed. Hey, man, we only got a couple minutes. What can I do for you? Uh, I want to know your thoughts on uh, the Book of Enoch. I've watched a couple YouTube videos, and um, I kind of figured out why it's been left out, but I want to hear what you had to say. Yeah, the Book of Enoch is not a Bible book. It's a book that's in a category of what's known as pseudepigrapha, uh, and it means that, that a book was written, and it was falsely claimed to be written by Enoch, uh, but it wasn't inspired by God, so therefore it wasn't included in the scriptures. However, when Jude quotes from the book of Enoch, that quotation was inspired through Jude, but the, doesn't give the authority of the book of Enoch um, any kind of inspiration or anything. So there's no need to really talk about it except what's quoted in Jude, uh, because it's not an inspired book, part of the canon of scripture. I just, I just thought that it was part of like the Old Testament, what the Jews uh, used to read and 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 you know talk about and all that, and, and you know, and it, it talk, I mean, what I've seen it, it talks about the the angels and the abyss and all that stuff, and and how they, um, you know, were in uh, no, I mean, in the Old Testament when uh, they talk about the Nephilim and all that, and it's pretty interesting and uh, about how the angels couldn't resist, you know, uh, the the human women and. Um, me, uh, I mean, uh, as far as personally, uh, it inspires me to try to be even better than than those angels by, uh, you know, controlling my my, you know, um, sexual, you know. Well, well that's good, but you know, we we don't need stuff. a we don't need a fake book to do that for us. We can we can get the same kind of encouragement uh, from the scriptures than from the Book of Enoch because the Book of Enoch is fiction; it's not inspired truth. So the fact that the book of Enoch says something about angels, you know, the power of the Holy Spirit will encourage you to stay pure. Waiting for That's the true. Lord and having that hope in you will, will keep you pure. And your desire, uh, your desire to live for God, your desire to um, dedicate yourself to God uh, is admirable, Robert. And I know God is going to honor that. So thanks for your call. Thank you, sir. Hey. Yeah, have a good day. I've been okay, bro. Bye-bye. And I really oh, like awesome. it, just all, all the way on the other side of town, so that's why I haven't, I haven't been here. Uh, 
Well, we're so honored to serve you, bro. God bless you. All right, you too. Bye-bye. Hey, we are uh, coming up on the end of the show. Um, two full minutes to close out the show. I want to thank you guys for joining us and being a part of uh, the show today. It's your show. Uh, it's for you to grow in God's grace and knowledge. Everyone that listens and doesn't call, we're so glad that you do. Tell someone about Grace FM. If you're on our side of town, stop by. Uh, or maybe a local Calvary and get a bumper sticker and put it on your put it on your car for us. Um, maybe invite our t-shirt crew to come to your church and give away free t-shirts. Um, but maybe you want to support us uh, because there are ongoing monthly uh, bills with the radio station. And you could support us. But more importantly, be in church this weekend. Calvary Aurora meets Saturday night, 6 o'clock. Sunday mornings, 845 and 1045. We're in a very dynamic Bible study series right now called Help for the Troubled Heart. And it has uh, it has uh, given much fruit so far. We're in our fourth week. And um, wow, it has been very powerful. We want to develop it into a book, into some study guides, small groups. and um, So pray for us. But um, because of my own personal tragedy and then the ongoing drama of that tragedy which um, unfortunately hasn't uh, ended uh, yet but it will because the Lord's going to do a great work a miracle Um, it's given me a voice to speak to you guys that are hurting and encourage you in the Lord and while I hate the the way it happened and I, I hate the ongoing trial I'm grateful that I can be used to love you and minister to you and point you to Jesus calvaryaurora.org edtaylor.org God bless you guys Thank you for listening to Calvary Live Be sure to tell a friend about Grace FM